It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Faster than I was totally expecting. It is Friday, January 29th. Nice 10 game NBA slate we have upon us. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg. We left you last night and we're back again tonight. Well, today, this morning. You guys know what time it is. I barely do. 10 (laughs) a.m. Eastern time. Greg, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, what people don't know is we actually never got off Zoom. We just sat in here and talked to each other the entire night. And then we just cut the cameras at a certain point. Now we're now we're rolling again. But that's exactly what happened. We just sat and talked about uh, everything it is that we were getting right and wrong last night, which was, I don't know, I feel like I was neutral in the grand scheme of things, and I'll take it. Some things that I wanted to have happen didn't happen. Some things that I wanted to have happen happened in a big way, like Derek Jones Jr., and ultimately none of it really mattered because I ended up with <laughs> less money in my account than I thought that I would. We have so much to hit on. The one thing that I need to hit on before we do anything that would be the sponsor of this show no house advantage happy to have them as the presenting sponsor of the nba strategy show we'll touch on them in a little bit take a look maybe some props for tonight's slate but we got 10 games and we don't have a ton of time um you know we gotta be out of here in 58 minutes so but less than 58 minutes actually do we have anybody right up behind us i guess we don't well we gotta be out of here in 55 minutes one way (laughs) or the other uh i'm ready to dive in if you are 100 percent all right, well, let's just do that then. Oh, I'm excited for this slate for some strange reason. I don't know why. I, like, I didn't like any of the lineups that came out when I ran my dummy crunch to start, but we'll see where we end up. There's some contrarian Indiana. options I like. 
Oh, yeah. And, and then some. Indiana at Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, three and a half point dogs at home. We'll start on the Indiana side where I think it's just kind of business as usual with this team now. Are you expecting Jeremy Lamb to just be a starter moving forward? Yeah, and I actually like him for this slate. Uh, I think that it's going to be a little inconsistent with him getting worked in just because, you know, he tore his ACL and they got him caught up to speed really quickly, right? He came back, he had a minutes restriction for a couple weeks, and they're just like, hey, Jeremy Lamb's starting now. No more minutes restriction. Jeremy Lamb is just out there playing minutes. And maybe he's a lesser player than he was in the past. But in general now, we've seen players come back from significant injuries looking you know, pretty good for the most part. We've seen some good games from Jeremy Lamb. Uh, in terms of points per minute producer in the past, he's been really good. We've seen him add success in the starting lineup. And especially with Oladipo gone now, you know, there's a pretty big void to fill because they picked up Karis LeVert and he's not playing. So I think that Jeremy Lamb, for his price, is is a pretty good play. And at least when I looked this morning, not somebody who's picking up all that much ownership. So Jeremy Lamb, I think, is is one of the guys that makes sense on this slate. Yeah, I, I like him a little bit more on DraftKings than on FanDuel. 4,900 on DK, 5,200 on FanDuel. Uh, for Fandle, it's more Sabonis, I guess, 9K. Malcolm Brogdon, 8,300, seems fine. Justin Holiday is north of 10% ownership, which is a little surprising to me. Um, anything else stand out to you from Indiana? No, it's surprising to me that uh, that Sabonis's price went down. He was listed as questionable last game, ended up playing. He had a, a just knee contusion, bang knees with somebody the game before. But, I mean, he played He played 37 minutes. He had a triple-double, scored nearly 50 fantasy points on Fandle. So it's weird after that performance they take his price down. This is this is the cheapest Sabonis has been on Fandle in a little while. I, I mean, I love it. Ownership's already there, so I don't really have too much to add. I think he looks good, but I think 28% is putting him in an over-owned status. I'm not entirely sure that I need 28% owned Sabonis on a 10-game slate. Like, would you rather have him or Julius Randle? Randall, $200 cheaper right now. Uh, in a cash game, it would definitely be Randall. At least relative to ownership, I'd probably be a little... In- I- I'm not going to get none of Sabonis, but I'd be probably yeah. a little bit inclined to go overweight to Randall and underweight to Sabonis. Yeah, same. I'd probably get a little bit more Zion as well, uh, 8200 Not that I don't like Sabonis, um, but that just feels like a little bit too high of a number for right now. I don't have much else to go on for Indiana. They don't grade out all that well for me. I think there's a lot better options out there today, including some of the stuff that's on Charlotte. Uh, We have Cody Zeller now potentially in the starting lineup moving forward, which is where he should be. He's better than Bismack Biombo. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Devontae Graham, LaMelo Ball, Cody Zeller, all north of 10% ownership on FanDuel. But the big piece that we need to talk about, Cody Zeller is 4K on DraftKings, projected for north of 30% ownership. One of the few value plays that really exist on the slate right now. I completely agree with Zeller's ownership on DK. It makes perfect sense. I assume that comes down pretty dramatically as we start to see a couple news pieces come out as value gets opened up. What are you doing with the Hornets? Yeah, I mean, I like Cody Zeller a lot last game, and I don't really see too much reason to change that. He's marginally more expensive, but still, he was 3400 last late on DK, 4000 Now, that's still way underpriced for Cody Zeller. We've seen him start you know, a, a ton of games so far in his career, and he's generally a guy who's priced in the high 4K to low 5K range. So we know what a fair baseline price is, and he's not there right now. And the other thing also with Cody Zeller – the only concern I had about him last game was, hey, he's coming back from an injury, first game starting, Biombo is rolling the rotation. What are his minutes going to look like? 
he played 30 minutes. So I expect him to play 30 minutes again. And I think that Cody Zeller, at least on a points per dollar basis, is the best play on DraftKings right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, without question, I'm with you there on DK. I did not give him 30 minutes, though. I gave him 26 just because I don't think that they're ever really married to the scenario of him having to play normal starter rotations. Um, Even at 26 minutes, he's a massive value play on DraftKings. But I'm a little nervous to give him the full freight. Uh, I don't want to force in that much Cody Zeller if I don't have to. What was he playing earlier in the season before he got hurt? Did he get hurt in like game one? Uh, he got hurt in that he was he was not playing a ton of minutes early in the season. Yeah. Um, he was playing like high teens, low twenties. Okay, I might have to bump him up just a little bit. I, I, I might have to go to twenty eight instead of twenty six. But you know, he's it's, like a fantasy point per minute guy. It looks good. It's also a matchup against the Pacers where they have a front court of Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis where they have to play bigger. If this was a different team, maybe I'd feel a little bit more concerned, but he played 30 minutes last game. And I mean, how many teams in the league do you actually need to go big to match up against? The, the Pacers are one of the only ones. True. How many post touches does Miles Turner get? Um, I, I assume not a lot. Like, would they be able to just go to more PJ Washington and it's not really that big of an issue? I don't know. Something to think about, at least. I'm going to bump up my Cody Zeller, though, after we get out of this, and I'll probably like him a so little the, bit more on FanDuel. The only thing I'll add to that, though, is the last game they played was also against the Pacers because of the, yeah. way that we see, because of the way we see the condensed schedule. A lot of teams are playing against each other like two times in a row where they play each other like three times in a week or something stupid like that. So I do feel like that makes minutes a little easier to, to predict just because we've seen the same matchup already. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I'm probably being a little bit pessimistic to his current health Um Actually, I'm going to make that update now so I don't forget to do it later. Otherwise, <laughs> I will absolutely forget to do it later because I'm not on live before lock, and that will uh, absolutely positively slip my mind. Um, I guess I could say this. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I said that I had him at 26 minutes. Um, Alex has him at 25. Two other sources in the industry have him at 24 and 26. Does that give you any pause? Not really, uh, just because, like I said, he played 30 minutes last game against the Pacers. I think that giving him 30, maybe it's a little bit closer to his apex than it is to his floor, right? If, if you ask me, is he more likely to go above or below 30 minutes? I, I'm going to have to say he's more likely to go under than over. Uh, but he played 30 minutes against this same team the last time they matched up. So I have to expect it's going to be about the same. Um, I wouldn't want to go as low as 25, but I think – maybe I could be talked into 28 just to be a little bit more conservative. So he doesn't come up in everything, but I, I feel pretty comfortable that he's going to play decent minutes. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I'm like, I'm looking at the rotation. It's not, he didn't play that time because of any particular reason of foul trouble or anything along those lines. Like he just played 30 minutes. Um, and if that's the case and well, like I wonder if they, I mean, he was, one of the few positives, he was plus eight for the game. Devontae Graham was plus nine. You know, a lot of these other guys got pretty beat up. I'm switching it to 28. We'll be higher than the, the, the general consensus right now, but I think that makes a little bit more sense. I definitely don't want to go to 30, but I think 28 is a, a, a very good spot. And you're still, at least on DraftKings, I mean, you're going to get a ton, whether you have them at 26 or 28. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not like yesterday when we were talking about somebody like John Wall where those three minutes made a massive difference where it was something where it was like, hey, if we give this guy 30 minutes versus we give him 27 minutes, it's the difference yeah. between him being a really good player being unplayable. Cody Zeller, if you give him 25 minutes, if you give him 30 minutes, 
you could even give him 24 minutes and he's going to pop up as one of the best value plays on the slate either way because of his prices. You liking anything else from Charlotte? I, I think like Gordon Hayward, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, LaMelo, I think they all sort of just look like guys today. They're properly priced. Yeah, nobody that I'm looking at and being like, oh, this is somebody I want to target or get exposure to. Some guys who like if they show up and, you know, like four or five percent of lineups, cool. But nobody I'm going out of my way and being like, this is a great play for the slate. Actually, you know, 7K Gordon Hayward on DraftKings looks pretty good. That that's lower than that salary is lower than I was expecting. I was looking a little bit more at FanDuel where he's seventy six hundred. But I mean, look, this is Indiana and Charlotte. It's not the greatest fantasy game in the world. No, the total for this game is uh, two twenty one. Uh, that's actually kind of that's actually kind of. I like how we keep looking at other. I just assumed it was going to be lower, so I was like, "Here's a good point I can make. I'm going to bring up the total for the game. It was <laughs> higher than I was expecting." Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Gordon Hayward. I'll, I'll double back. I think that he makes more sense on DraftKings and Arise. Although, with that said, in the initial run I did, I did not get all that much exposure to him on DK. Uh, the right pick says, "Wow, are y'all serious? Get Lamelo in your lineups. Fifty five hundred on Fanduel. Yeah, I mean he doesn't really play enough at this point for me. I mean he's twenty one minutes the last two games. Well, twenty two, twenty one, twenty eight, seventeen, twenty three. On a 10-game slate, like, I'm going to need these guys to play 30 minutes. Yeah, and don't get – and I, I totally agree with you. And don't get me wrong. His points-per-minute production is great this year from fantasy perspective. Eventually, he's going to move into the starting lineup, and he's going to put up very good fantasy numbers. We've seen that when he gets extended minutes. But like you said, in those kind of minutes, it's hard to see the upside. Just reading off the box score from his last five games, 19, 20, 28, 12, 22 FanDuel points. Not a single one of those games is going to be enough to win you a GPP or even come close no. on a slate this size. 20% ownership right now, he's much more of a cash play than a GPP play. Yeah, and he still wouldn't be one of my first options for cash games. Yeah, 1,000%. Josh had 90% BAM last night, so who really got it wrong? Yeah, Welcome to the chat, DJ. Really happy to have you. <laughs> I didn't have 90% uh, BAM, so congratulations, you're... Uh, ability to pay attention to anything is clearly lacking. <laughs> Los Angeles Clippers at the Orlando Magic. Magic slight favorite since the Clippers are walking wounded. So let's start on that Clippers side where uh, Reggie Jackson is 5,800 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings. He's a fantastic play on FanDuel and he's getting the ownership. Terrence Mann still getting some love, 20% owned on FanDuel. Abaka just a little bit of uh, love, 12%. No one on the Clippers on DraftKings is north of 5.5%, and I'm fine by that. I don't see much on the Clippers on DK. Love getting to Reggie Jackson on FanDuel. Probably a cash game lock as well. What do you want to do with the Clippers? Well, first, doesn't it feel like they play every game now, every day? Ever since ever since Kawhi and Paul George got ruled out for the COVID protocols, it, it seems like it's every night. I'm just, I, I, I see the Clippers on the site say, oh, FanDuel still didn't price these guys up. They're still cheap. Uh, so I agree. Reggie Jackson is one of the top point guard plays on FanDuel. Uh, we were talking before about LaMelo Ball getting to him in cash games. One of the reasons I said that he wouldn't be a priority for me is because Reggie Jackson's on the slate at a similar price. So if you're looking for somebody in a cash game at that price point, Reggie Jackson is who I would go to. Uh, other guys, I think Terrence Mann still makes some sense at shooting guard. He was mediocre last night. Uh, certainly wasn't nearly as good as his first game, but still, if we're going to get somebody who's playing in the neighborhood of 27 to over 30 minutes uh, at his 4,500 price tag, 
that that's still something that's worth getting exposure to. Uh, Man played 27 minutes last night. He played 33, I think it was, the start before. So there's a little bit of upside in his minutes. Those are those are really the two priority plays for me from Los Angeles. I'm going to end up getting to small amounts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of Batum today. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get through those small amounts of Batum yesterday, but 5,300 is going to have me there. Uh, this is mostly just the Reggie Jackson show on FanDuel. And I assume that I have him in cash. So there's yeah, that. So I was on Batum yesterday. Uh, by the way, the, the one thing, as as long as people are criticizing us for things we got wrong, which there was plenty of them yesterday, we got the crappy small forwards right yesterday. You were on Derek Jones. I was on Nick Batum. Yeah. Uh, both of them were, I think Batum is like 6% owned and uh, Jones is 2 or 3%. Uh, the only hesitation I have with Nick Batum is that he's old and this is the tail end of a back-to-back. So I have a, li- I have a little bit of concern with his minutes. Um, chat keeps letting us know, or at least a few pieces of chat keep letting us know that uh, Kawhi and Paul George and uh, Beverly are game-time decisions. I, ass- I assume they're out. Um, they're out. Maybe, maybe, that will, maybe that will change, uh, but I do not have them playing right now. No, they're not playing. They're just not playing <laughs> like there's not um they're not traveling with the team so they'll miss four of the six games on the road trip and are, are, this is the road trip are we sure they're not walking to the stadium yeah maybe they are but <laughs> as of right now uh they are not even with the clippers so i don't get the sense that uh where are people be even seeing that were people even seeing that they're a game time decision when they're not with the team, or is this? Just... I'll, bet, I'll bet my life it's a Fanduel or a DraftKings distinction. <laughs> that is that is very very possible. So anyway, Orlando, let's just have this conversation now. Buckle up, everybody! You doing it again? Aaron Gordon season on Fanduel projected for fifty percent ownership as of right now, sixty three hundred on Fanduel. I think he's the best play on Fanduel today. Uh, Aaron Gordon, what do you think? I think his ownership is not going to be as high when the slate actually locks because the only messages I've gotten on, on Twitter related to Aaron Gordon over the last, over the last few days have been because I made some Aaron Gordon jokes when he was chalk and he sucked the other night. I've gotten nothing but people telling me they will never play Aaron Gordon again in their entire Good. life. So 50% ownership, he's going to be very chalky. He's going to be one of the highest known plays on the slate. I don't buy into the 50% ownership just because people got so burned by him last slate. You know, what's funny though, is he's been, really good as chalk plays in the past this season. Also, people just only remember the last game and everybody's like, oh, Aaron Gordon, he always sucks when I roster him. Here's his games before that, 35 fantasy points, 41, 45, 54, 30. So, and he was chalk for a lot of those slates. It's it's pretty impossible that he's failed every time as a chalk play when you rostered him because he's basically only been great over the last couple of weeks. We just only remember what happened last game. It's a favorable match for him against the Clippers, who even though in general they have a good defense, this is not the normal Clippers defense. They have, uh, despite what people might think about uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard being a game time decision, they're not playing. So this is this is a weak Clippers defense. 
Aaron Gordon is very priced down. So I, I think this is a good bounce back spot from good chalk in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, perfect chalk. This, this is a good, this is as good as it gets on this slate as of right now. Totally understand why he's getting the ownership. I'm going to have a bunch. He's my number one power forward. No brainer to me. I even like him a little bit at 7,100 on DK, but not nearly as uh, interesting as he is on FanDuel. After that, Orlando is mostly uninteresting. You know, Vooch is always like a 10% guy. I like Evan Fournier a little bit, but 6,300 is a big, pretty big tag. Do you have anything else you want from Orlando? No, and even Vucevic, I didn't really get to. Uh, I think that there's other guys that I'd rather pay up for. Andre Drummond in the same price tag, uh, same price category. There's reason to think that Andre Drummond's minutes are trending upwards a little bit. I'd rather roster him than Vucevic. Uh, so, no, I, I didn't even really even get to Vooch. 362 viewers, 47 likes, not going to get it done. Guys, hit that thumbs up while we're here. It helps us out tremendously, and we're getting dangerously close to that 50,000 subscribers. So go ahead and subscribe as well. Atlanta at Washington. Wizards, four-and-a-half-point dogs at home, 232 total. Last I looked. Kevin Herter, the only guy projected for north of 10% ownership on FanDuel for right now. Um, Everybody else is around 1%. By the way, I love all of Atlanta, if that's the case. Uh, On the DK side, Trey Young is at around 14%. Nobody else getting any ownership. So I love Atlanta again. What do you want to do with the Hawks if they're unowned outside of uh, Kevin Herter on FanDuel and Trey Young on DK? So what makes this hard to figure out, at least for now, is that Cam Reddish and Rajon Rondo are both questionable to play. Uh, I also think it's interesting, Danilo Gallinari, could we start to see his minutes creep up a little bit? So Kevin Herter, it would be hard for me to get to him if we have Rondo and Reddish both in, and we also find out that Gallinari is going to have his, uh, his playing time increased because the two guys that would be hurt the most by that would be Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter. Both of them would probably lose out on some playing time. Uh, so it depends what happens with some of those some of those other pieces on Atlanta. And then we get to the high end Clint Capella. He's been great, but to me, he's a little bit too pricey at this point. Trey young too expensive on FanDuel, but I do like him on DraftKings. Gallo's not getting more minutes today. I mean, like he might so. get eight, 18 minutes, but he's played 14 and 14 in his last two games. That's not going to suddenly become 26. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to become 26. However, if it becomes 20 to 22, that's still a decent amount of minutes that have to come off somebody else's playing time. I gave him 18. Uh, I have Rondo in, but to me, Rondo and Brandon Goodwin are just sort of like, they just exist, especially on a 10 game slate where whether Rondo's in or out, I'm not going to play Brandon Goodwin. So those minutes end up not really mattering all that much to me. Um, Gallo at some point in time, you think is going to play more, but I'm not holding my breath. 15, 19, 15 and 15. It's not coming anytime soon. I'm I'm going to play a lot of Atlanta if these guys are unowned. Yeah, so to be clear, I'm more talking about it, how it impacts the other guys on the roster and, and why I think that the low ownership for them kind of makes sense and makes them guys that I'm not, I'm not dying to roster right now. That's fair. I'm going to get to Clint Capella. You know, if I have 10% of Capella and he's 2% owned, I'm happy to do it. He's been a very different player this season. I will get to some Trey Young. John Collins, not, not a guy that I want to get to so much, but I think Clint Capella is the key piece here, especially against Washington. And I don't even know how to talk about Washington. So they're getting their guys back. And like, what do we even do with that information? I don't want to get it wrong. So let me pull up this depth chart again. It's I have it up right now too. Oh, it's so crazy. I mean, that 
these guys haven't been in in forever. So we're getting Russ is in. Denny is still out. Rui is back. Bertans is back. Mo Wagner is back. Troy Brown and Ishmith still out for another game. I get the sense that I'm not playing anyone from Washington outside of Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook's picking up some ownership. I don't want to go there either. So it depends on what the playing time is for Westbrook. And by the way, Westbrook isn't picking up that. I mean, he's 8% owned on Fandle right now. uh, 12, 12 on DK. So what if we find out though that Westbrook and Westbrook has also had a fairly stringent minutes restriction in the, in the last few games that I don't, that I think is going to come off sooner rather than later. The last two games he's played 25 and 28 minutes. If we find out that rest that Westbrook is unrestricted, there's just no issues with him. Then I think he looks pretty good because this is still a very weak Hawks defense. And I mean, Westbrook as bad as he's been this year, he has massive physical advantages over Trey young. So I think there is a situation where I want to roster Westbrook, but it just depends on what his playing time is going to be and, and any restrictions he has. I gave him 30 minutes. Um, so wanted to bump him up a little bit. I just, I'd be surprised if he's now just unencumbered. We shall see. I mean, sat out uh, the end of the back-to-back on the 27th. At 30 minutes, I have no interest in Westbrook. At 32, I think he's probably like a neutral play. I would probably need to get into like the 34 range for me to like him. Beal's the only guy that I have interest in, and I don't even really have a ton of interest there. Washington's my least favorite team on the slate. I can tell you that Bradley Beal would be happy to see Russell Westbrook continue to play limited minutes because he is tired of Russell Westbrook, and I think it's pretty apparent by seeing his body language on the court. Yeah, he's looking pretty unhappy just in general right now. I don't have anything else for this game. No, I, that's the player that I would have the most interest, though, is, is Russell Westbrook. We find out that there's no minutes restriction. All right, guys, schedule for today. We had a Super Bowl-themed betting show before this started, so you guys can go back and check that out. Um, coming up later today, though, not a ton. Uh, it's a one-game NHL slate, so nothing's going on there. We've got Deeper Dive, 445 Eastern Time. Alex and Adam will be doing that bad boy. And then Spags and uh, T. McBee, Terry McBride, taking you all the way up to lock from 6 to 7. That's it. It's a pretty light light Friday. No NFL, no MMA on Saturday. It's We're, we're cleaned out pretty good this week. It's a nice little lull before Super Bowl and MMA and everything starts getting crazy again. Yeah, just a nice relaxing way for me to spend my dad's 65th birthday with him. He's officially a senior citizen. There you go. There you go. Well, let's talk about, I don't know. I was hoping that I had some sort of senior citizen type joke. I guess J.J. Reddick's starting to look like one. The Milwaukee Bucks at the New Orleans Pelicans. Pels are seven-point dogs at home. On the Milwaukee side, Chris Middleton is 20% owned on FanDuel. No one on DraftKings north of 8%. Um, this is another one of my least favorite teams to roster today. If I get to Giannis Antetokounmpo because a ton of value opens up, cool. Uh, never mad about it. I think Chris Middleton is the best play coming from Milwaukee. Not sure he's warranting 20% ownership. I don't get the sense I'm going to have much Milwaukee at all. Are you seeing something that I'm not? No, and the other thing with Middleton too is, I mean, he's had a bunch of games where he's been you know, pretty decent. But it's not like he's breaking slates or anything. He's a lot of games where he's been priced around on 8,000. He scores 40 fantasy points. But he's one of, for some reason, every slate, it seems like he's one of the most popular small forwards. And it always seems like he's going a little bit over-owned. And the other thing, too, New Orleans, this has to be said whenever they're playing games, I still feel like they're getting targeted as if they're the same team from last year. 
Last year, they played one of the fastest paces in the league. This year, they're 22nd in the league in pace. So it's a totally different matchup this season than it was last year. This is a much tougher team to score fantasy points on just based on the slower pace that they're playing. Uh, This game still has a pretty significant total at 230 points. But we saw games with the Pelicans last year. If if I remember correctly, the Bucs played the Pelicans last year in New Orleans, and I think the total was 242. So it's definitely a different matchup than it was a year ago. Very, very different. Uh, SVG changing up the game for New Orleans and uh, dragging this one to the depths of unfun. Uh, 98.3 pace rating for me right now. Not going to be all that great. And it's just leading me to be wildly uninterested in this game, except for my boy Brandon Ingram on FanDuel at 7,900. I like that price tag a little bit. He's picking up ownership, 16% owned. Steven Adams is 15% owned. Zion only 7% on uh, FanDuel, though, 8,200. Do you have any excitement at all for the Pelican side of this game? Uh, I got some exposure to Zion on my initial run. He's been a little disappointing this season. It's not to say he hasn't been good, but I I thought he was just going to crush this year, and I thought that he was going to potentially be like a sneaky MVP candidate. He's not quite there yet. I still love Zion, but not quite the player that I thought that he was going to be at this point. Uh, I got to him around... Uh, looks like 12% on FanDuel in my initial run. I think he's viable on DK as well. Something else for me to pay attention to is uh, Lonzo Ball is dealing with an ankle injury. He's questionable yet again. Lonzo, not quite LeBron status, but he's been questionable a lot this season. Uh, so if he's out, then, I mean, what, what's better than another Eric Bledsoe slate for me? Because those have just been going so well so far this year. But definitely Eric Bledsoe would be somebody that I want to get to if Lonzo Ball's out. That's a very good point. Yeah, I have Lonzo in right now, but if he ends up out, uh, we're going to be looking at Bledsoe. We'll be looking at Nikhil Alexander-Walker as well. 4,200 on FanDuel, 4,200 on DraftKings. Yeah, favorite play? uh, We we haven't done that little gimmick. That's what we should be doing. We'll start it up right now. Favorite play in this game on FanDuel and on DraftKings? Uh, So we'll go from either team? Yeah, the whole game is up to you. All right, so I'm still going to throw out two names. If... Uh, if Lonzo Ball plays, then I'm going to say it's Zion Williamson. If Lonzo Ball sits, then Eric Bledsoe. All right. For me, it would be Brandon Ingram on FanDuel, Zion on DraftKings. And that's assuming Lonzo plays. Correct. All righty. Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about this one. The Cleveland Cavaliers at the New York Knicks. Knicks slight dogs at home. 207 total that is the lowest on the slate um this is going to be a dumpster fire uh most owned person from cleveland on fanduel eight percent darius garland on DraftKings, it's 10 percent darius garland i don't have anybody that should be in the optimal lineup more than nine percent of the time i don't really want to roster anything from cleveland do you so if Larry Nance if if Larry Nance is out, I like Andre Drummond. I like Drummond last slate also. And hmm. here here's here's what the Cavs are doing differently now than they were doing when they first traded for Jared Allen. They're playing Jared Allen and Andre Drummond minutes together, but it's hard to know if that's something they're willing to do going forward, or they've only done it because Larry Nance has been out and it's left them a little bit more shorthanded in the front court than they've been otherwise. So Andre Drummond has played in the last two games uh, twenty eight minutes. Twenty eight. <laughs> However. Last game was also a blowout where they won by 15 points and he didn't have to close the game. So there's reason to think that he could have played a little bit more if that was the case, if I remember correctly. And then Jared Allen himself has played in the last two games. 
let's see. He played. Uh, they, they split the full 40. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eight in the last yeah, one. So they split the last two games ago. They did play together, though. They each played 28 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so just the fact they've been willing to do it, I think, gives Drummond a little bit more upside. But I would only be willing to get to him if Larry Nance is out. I don't think he's playing more than 28 minutes. Like the the blowout didn't affect his run. He closed like a normal game. He oh, played twenty eight on he played twenty eight on the dot with the normal closing rotation. They closed with their starters. Interesting. I still so let me see if I have I have him for thirty minutes right now. Let me just in yeah. my head if I had him at twenty eight instead, his price. I mean his price is still not all that expensive. He is uh, eight thousand six hundred on DraftKings and. I think was it nine thousand two hundred on Fanduel, ninety four on Fanduel. That's too much for me. I'd rather pay up to Clint Capella at that point. I, I DraftKings at eighty six hundred even in twenty minutes. I would I would be getting to him a little bit. Yeah, I didn't get to him at all. I don't. I'm just nervous about it too. It wouldn't shock me if the one of these days that it's just Josh or uh, Jared Allen for twenty eight minutes and Andre Drummond plays twenty. Like that's probably going to happen. They don't give a shit about Andre Drummond. No, uh, I mean, I, you know what's funny is I, I think like they're going to trade him eventually. However, think about what Drummond got traded for last year. It was, it was literally nothing. It was, it was a second round pick and some expiring contracts. John, John Henson and uh, Brandon Knight, I think. Uh, was Yeah. Th- those might've been the players. John Henson was definitely involved. The second round pick. Yeah. They, they might've even have had to have, they might've even acquired a second round pick alongside Drummond. I don't, I don't even remember which way the second round pick went in that deal. <laughs> uh, but he, I mean, he, he is absolutely valueless. For I, I, there's no player in the league that's even close to having the the gap between their real life value, how they're valued by teams, and fantasy value like Andre Drummond. Yeah, it would be like, I mean, it used to be someone like Whiteside, which is sort of a comp, but now he's just making the league minimum, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, let's put a like, let's just end this one as well on the Knicks side. Randall's at 15% ownership on FanDuel, Barrett at 10, nobody in double digits on DraftKings, and I also don't really want any Knicks. If I get any Julius Randall at 8,800 on FanDuel, that's fine just because of the way the positions work. Um, I don't want anything in this game. It's a terrible fantasy game. Yeah, so the other thing also with the Knicks side is now that Alec Burks is back, the the guard have been so difficult to figure out between Burks, Peyton, and Quickly. Uh, Bullock is questionable to play. If he's in the mix, it just makes it even tougher. Obi Topin starting to get some minutes now. Uh, Kevin Knox remains in the rotation. Austin Rivers scored a gazillion fantasy, uh, scored a gazillion points in a short amount of time yesterday. Did you see the other day he started 10 of 10 from the field? He scored 25 points in like six minutes and then didn't score the rest of the game or something like that, if I remember correctly. I was, I was very happy he stopped scoring because I didn't have <laughs> any. So I didn't really, yeah, well, wasn't really looking for it. The field didn't either. I think he was like 0.2% on that slate. So I'm not sure how much it would have actually impacted anything anyway, because I assume that anybody else who rostered Austin Rivers that slate probably had terrible players rostered around him anyway. Uh, but the bigger point here is the guard minutes are tough to figure out for the Knicks. And it, it's, it's easy enough to just stay away from them other than Julius Randle, because he's the one guy locked into big minutes and is actually playing well this year. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings. 
Uh, favorite play on DraftKings, Andre Drummond. Favorite play on FanDuel is Julius Randle. Favorite play on FanDuel is Julius Randle. Favorite play on DraftKings is Isaac Okoro. Wow. <laughs> that's Somebody who that's I, what I think about this slate, just for the record. Which also not this slate, is, this game. Which, which is also basically the same as saying that you would not be rostering players from the Cavs. Yes, pretty much so, yes. Sacramento at Toronto. Uh, Raptors, five-and-a-half-point favorites, 228 total. Don't think we're really waiting on anything from Sacramento. Toronto, we're going to be waiting on the status of OG and Anobi. If he is out, I assume, well, Norm Powell's already priced up on Fandle. Uh-oh, I'm going to lose my audio for a second. Let me that's all right. I'll off kill the some Bluetooth. Time. We're, we're going to be fine. I can keep talking. It'll pop back okay. on in the second for me. We'll start on the Sacramento side. De'Aaron Fox, 17% owned on FanDuel. No one else in double digits. On DK, Halliburton and Whiteside around 15% owned. So let's flip it over to Sacramento. What do you like from the Kings? So I don't, <clears throat> I'm not getting to these guys on DraftKings in my initial builds. Uh, I'm getting to some De'Aaron Fox, but right around even with the field, at least on first look. So nobody really rates out as a super strong play. Uh, Toronto, as much as they have struggled this year, still a team that I think of as a strong defense and not an ideal matchup. Uh, it's just the price on De'Aaron Fox is favorable on FanDuel. On DraftKings, he is priced at 8500 compared to 7900 on FanDuel. I'm really liking Halliburton on FanDuel at 5,400. That's a guy that's projected for 5% ownership right now. I had him in my optimal 12% of the time. He's a guy that I would probably end up with like 20% of if Locke were in 10 minutes. His minutes are so difficult to nail down. I mean, if you look at the last, the last handful of games, he's played 24, 23, 25, 31, 30. I have I have no feel for his minutes and his usage is all over the place too. His last four uh, last those games where the minutes have been all over 13 9 24 23 17 are his usage rates in those games. He is all over the place. I gave him 29 minutes for this one. Uh, I think that he's just going to be getting that run. You can also see Corey Joseph not playing nearly as much as he was before. They're starting to cut the minutes into Glenn Robinson. I know one guy I definitely don't want, though. That would be Marvin Bagley. If Hassan Whiteside is in, like Bagley's just not playing the 30 minutes that you need him to play. Um, Not a guy that I'm going to be looking to go to. I also don't want to go to the flat minimum Hassan Whiteside mild ownership boost that he's getting right now. No thank you for me here. Yeah, and what's annoying about that is if he gets, like, 15 minutes, then he's going to end up being a good player, which, by the way, he did do last game. He played 15 minutes. But look at his rotations earlier in the season. He was either a DNP coach's decision or he was playing, like, nine minutes in games. So it's hard to have any confidence in the playing time for Whiteside. On the Toronto side, Kyle Lowry pretty heavily owned on FanDuel and DK in the 20s. Siakam, similar story. Van Vliet owned a bit less on FanDuel at 8,300, but 7,500 on DK, also pushing him into the teens in ownership. I'm very happy to get any one of those three guys, although because, you know, Sacramento's defense is terrible. Uh, You know what you're getting. I wouldn't want all three of them together, but I expect one of the Toronto guys to have a, a game that is something that we want. I also have OG Ananobi in as of right now. Um, you could look at the previous game for OG being out for some guides to the rotation, but bump up Stanley Johnson a little bit, bump up Norm Powell's minutes. But since they bumped up his price, I also probably wouldn't be all that interested in $6,200 Norm Powell. Does anything stand out to you from Toronto or is it sort of just the obvious stuff? 
Uh, I really, really like Kyle Lowry. Uh, I understand that he's popular, but he's somebody I'm going to be probably getting to overweight to the field unless something really changes about this slate. Uh, to me, even though he's somebody coming into ownership around the 20s, I think it should be higher than that. Uh, really favorable matchup for Lowry against the Kings, and just the price is too cheap for him. He's had a couple of bad games in a row, and that's nerfed the price a little bit, but it's Kyle Lowry, right? I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about somebody who's been as consistent in the league for as long as he's been. And he is $7,100 on DraftKings. The FanDuel price was 7200 Both those numbers, it should be around the 8000 mark, especially for this matchup against the Kings. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that ownership is fully warranted. Happy to get to more Kyle Lowry. I assume Kyle Lowry is the answer to who's your favorite play on both sides? Yep, it is Kyle Lowry. Interesting. Okay. Uh, not that I disagree or anything. On FanDuel, my answer by a hair is Kyle Lowry. He beats out De'Aaron Fox by one-tenth of one percent. On the DraftKings side, though, uh, it is actually Fred Van Vliet at 7,500. I prefer Van Vliet to Lowry on DK. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it's really just the price difference that has me lean a little bit more towards Lowry. Uh, although I guess Van Vliet maybe is a little bit better chance by your numbers becoming the optimal just because of the uh, because of the positional flexibility also. So I, yeah. I think that that probably is something that would also probably get Van Fleet a little closer in ownership to me than Lowry than I'd be expecting later in the day. But just as a play right now in terms of the price, I, I prefer Lowry. You nailed it. Uh, that little bump of being point guard shooting guard is all it takes to just be a little bit more efficient getting into lineups. Uh, all right, one more before we take another quick break. Philly at Minnesota. God, Minnesota stinks. They are six and a half point dogs at home, 225 total. The biggest piece here is... Do we get Joel Embiid today? Uh, took a little bit of a hard fall from LeBron. Already had a kind of a bum back. Embiid, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, all around 15% owned on FanDuel. Embiid, Simmons, Harris, Curry, Milton, all 10 to 15% owned on DraftKings. I love Joel Embiid if he plays. Uh, Minnesota has no answer for anything that he's going to be bringing to the table. So I would like to get to some Joel Embiid if he's in. If he's not in, I'm going to get to an infinite amount of Dwight Howard, and that I'll be joining the field with the rest of that. What do you want to do with this Embiid situation, and then what do you what else do you like from Philly? So let's talk about if Joel Embiid's out a little bit because I think that if he's in, it becomes pretty obvious that Embiid's a good uh, pay-up option, but then it also takes away from the other guys in the starting lineup, and that makes the yeah. rest of the guys weaker plays. If he's out, I'm not sure the field is going to go crazy with Dwight Howard just because he did so poorly as a chalk play last week. Uh, it's it's one of those same reasons. Also, Aaron Gordon's going to be popular on FanDuel, but I don't quite buy into the 50% uh, projected ownership right now just because of that recency bias. I think we could see something similar with Dwight Howard. Uh, where I think it becomes interesting is comparing him on DraftKings to Cody Zeller. I would prefer Dwight Howard in that situation over Zeller. Uh, but still, I think they would be both guys to get to. Uh, how about you? If just off the top of your head, you probably don't have it in front of you, but if Embiid was out, would you rather roster Howard or Zeller on DK if it was a 1v1? Probably Howard. Um, this Minnesota, well, like being able to take on, <laughs> yeah, taking on Minnesota is the, is the key piece of that. There's a, I think there's a big difference between being Zeller against the Pacers and Howard against Minnesota. It's close, though. I mean, this is not like a cut-and-dry answer, um, but Howard would be my answer. Yeah, that is that is my answer as well. Uh, and then I also agree with you. If Embiid's in and we have no issues with the back, I think that he's a fine payup option. The Timberwolves absolutely suck, and even when Colin Anthony Towns comes back, it's not going to matter all that much. They're still going to suck. 
Yes, they are for sure. I don't have much interest in the Danny Green ownership on FanDuel. He's more like a 6% guy with when everybody's healthy. I don't, Danny Green's just Danny Green at that point, especially on a 10 game slate. Uh, I'll be happy to miss on that one. Um, Tobias Harris, I think going a little under owned on DK. Uh, Ben Simmons going a little under owned on FanDuel, but he has not been ideal. And it's probably because he's $900 more expensive on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. And then we get to Minnesota. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, if he is in 13% ownership on FanDuel, no one else in double digits on either site. I have Russell in right now, at which point I don't really want to get to much of anything um, coming from Minnesota outside of maybe Jaden McDaniel at 3,200 because there is no value on this slate. Are you playing anything from Minnesota? No, if D'Angelo Russell's in, which I expect him to be at this point, then I'm just going to be off the Minnesota side of the game. He takes away from Ricky Rubio, takes away from Malik Beasley, and then some of those other cheaper guys like Anthony Edwards has been playing more recently. He's going to probably take a little bit of a step back if D'Lo's in. So, no. And the other thing, too, is there's just so many mediocre guards on this Timberwolves team that it's so hard to know who it's going to be on any given night. They have they still have Josh Okogie on the wing. They have uh, Ricky Rubio been playing minutes. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels. I would think the priority would just be to give Anthony Edwards a bunch of playing time because the team's terrible. They took him with the first overall pick, uh, but that just hasn't been the case. He's played bigger minutes the last couple of games because Russell's been out. But before that, I mean, we saw him playing minutes in you know like the sixteen to twenty two minute range. So it's it's really hard to nail down the minutes on on this team in the backcourt. Yeah. If Anthony Edwards is going to get 30 minutes, he's probably a, a solid value play, but nothing from Minnesota is going to look like something you really want because they're not very good. And it's a tough matchup against the Sixers. Absolutely. Um, favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, it is going to be Joel Embiid for both. If he's out, then it's Dwight Howard for both. Yep. Same scenario. We're on the same page there. Gotta be, right? There's no, no real other way around it. No, I guess so. The only other situation would be maybe Anthony Edwards if Embiid is in and D'Angelo Russell's out, because then I think Edwards would look decent. Guys, shout out to No House Advantage for being the presenting sponsor of this show. Um, it's a little bit different as a DFS product. You're not worried about fantasy points. You're worried about props. So they are presenting you with a bunch of props. You have to rank the props that you select in sort of a confidence interval. So your favorite prop might be worth eight points. Your second favorite, seven, third, six, fourth, you know, down the line. So tonight they've got a $10,000 guaranteed contest, 20 bucks to get in, 5K to first. Uh, You're going to do 10 props. So let's just look at one of the props, for instance. Where's Joel Embiid at? Let's say Joel Embiid plays today. You're all over Joel Embiid. 25 and a half points, 12.5 boards, 37 and a half points plus rebounds. You could take any one of those props. I think I'm taking the over on the rebounds, 12 and a half for Joel Embiid today. Against Minnesota, who's stopping him from rebounding that basketball? I'd be more inclined to go over the points plus rebounds and the rebounds itself. Uh, I think okay. I think you just have, have more ways to attack it then. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Looking at Ben Simmons props, seven and a half assists, eight and a half boards, 12 and a half points. Oh, give me the uh, under on seven and a half assists for Ben Simmons. I, I would agree with you on that one. But this is no house advantage, guys. And you can get yourself a little bit of an advantage. Sign up at no house advantage. Use the promo code Osimo. They will match uh, your deposit with up to a $20 free play. And if you refer any friends, you can get another five more 
another five bucks after they uh, make their first deposit. So you can get up to $25 right out of the gate if you send a friend their way as well. I'm a big fan of the props. Um, I like to look at the prop market just in general. I have my sheet set up to spit out comparisons to the props. Um, You can export CSVs here too as well just to get that information into your sheet a little bit faster. Thank you to No House Advantage for being the presenting sponsor. We're going to be doing a lot with them in the near future. They're going to be running a really big uh, Super Bowl contest as well, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, we have three more games to go. Brooklyn Nets at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Brooklyn, uh, pretty big favorites here in OKC. Eight and a half point favorites, 230 total. This is basically a tale of three and a half people. Uh, James Harden, 11% owned. That's the highest ownership out of either site for Brooklyn. I think I kind of agree with the ownership. And after that, I'm not really all that interested in rostering anybody coming out of Brooklyn. What do you want to do with the Nets? All right. So I think there is a little bit of interesting narrative around James Harden just because he started so slowly with the Nets, other than the games where they had players active. I I mean, in terms of when James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant have all been active at the same time. Harden was clearly taking a backseat to both uh, Irving and Durant in that situation. And Steve Nash made comments to the media and said that the number one thing we need to change about our team is that James Harden has to be more aggressive. He has to be looking for a shot more often. Last game, it was an overtime game against the Hawks, but James Harden, 26% usage rate. That's the most he's had since he's played in a, in a game alongside Irving and Durant. And he scored 31 points. I buy into the narrative a little bit that the Nets are trying to tailor their offense a little bit more to get James Harden more shots. Where his price is on FanDuel, I think he's worth getting to a little bit higher than the field. Not somebody who's going to be, you know, like 25, 30% for me, but if I come in like 15 to 20% on James Harden at a 9,800 price tag, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Same. I thought I would get to a more $8,700 Kyrie on DraftKings, but even that's not happening. There's just... It's really difficult with these three guys right now. Like I expect one of them to dominate usage in every game, but we're talking about like just picking that out of a hat. I have no confidence who it's going to be. No. And I mean, for the most part now, if we look at like last game, all three of them have had a usage rate under 30%, just what drives me more towards Harden, at least on FanDuel, it's the price and that he's been playing the point guard and the offense. His assist numbers are, are crazy in Brooklyn. Well, we need to talk about the team that I really want to roster a lot, and that would be the Oklahoma City Thunder. Shea Just alexander Darius Baisley, Al Horford, Maladon in for George Hill, uh, Diallo picking up 15% ownership on DraftKings. There is a ton of ownership going around here. I love Shea. I love Baisley. Both guys made the top 10 contenders for both sites. Uh, Maladon, probably one of the best value plays right now on DraftKings, 3,400 as the starting point guard for Oklahoma City. What are you doing with the Thunder? Huge underdogs against the Brooklyn Nets. I didn't get to them as much as the field did. I agree with you on SGA, at least on FanDuel. I think he's a good play because I'm I'm always rostering uh, SGA. I got to some Theo Maladon on DK, but not a ridiculous amount, uh, mostly because if you look at his rate since moving into the starting lineup, he played 30 minutes last game, but he had a 13% usage rate. The game before he started, he only played 22 minutes and had a 16% usage rate. So I'm not sure he gets those 30 minutes again. And the usage is so low that if we only get another, you know, 24, 25 minutes out of Maladon, keep in mind too, he's moving in the starting lineup in place of George Hill. George Hill isn't somebody who was playing 30 minutes per game. George Hill, they were pretty conservative with his minutes. So it's not like he's stepping into some, you know, like 35 minute role. So 
Maladon, he's worth getting to, but I, I don't have as much as the field, at least on my initial run. So I have him in for 28 minutes. Um, right now, I think he's just the best value on DraftKings, but I expect that to change as we get news and like we could redistribute the lower salary guy. So I don't expect him to stay there. He'll just look like a solid value play by the time we get to lock is my expectation. Uh, SGA, though, a guy that I'm going to be just truly unloading on. Darius Baisley for 5K on draft or on FanDuel, 5K on DraftKings. I'm going to be unloading on Darius Baisley. Lou Dort, a guy that I've been getting a lot of as of late, his usage is higher than most people would probably expect. He's 4,900 on FanDuel. Oklahoma City is my favorite team of the day. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what Dort's contract is? Uh, he makes like a million dollars for three he, years or something he's, stupid. He signed a four-year deal for $5.3 million. That is one of the, if not the best contracts in the NBA, for other than just superstars who are underpriced on max contracts. Yeah, it's fantastic value. Good bit of work from Sam Presti. Shocked that Sam Presti was able to do something really well as a uh, general manager. You just don't see that all that often out of Sam Presti, considering he controls two-thirds of the NBA's first-round <laughs> draft picks for the near future. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma City will be the team that I have the most of today. Yeah, and Presti did that with no leverage in a Paul George trade. Um yeah, I don't I don't t- what did you do with Al Horford's playing time? Uh he's somebody who I was rostering a bunch at the beginning of the season and he was just generally fair. The, the problem I've had with him is just that he's not really getting the extended minutes. He actually played 30 minutes last game, which is the most he had played all year. But for the most part, he's been kind of in like the mid to high 20 range. I gave him 28. He's not that interesting to me either way. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you were saying you were really into Al Horford. So never yeah. mind then. I agree with you. I think, I think Baisley is uh, also a primary play on both, on both sites, but the, the one guy, at least for now, Maladon, I'm, I'm not as interested in as the field is. Yeah, SGA, my favorite play on FanDuel. Um, technically speaking, it's Maladon on DraftKings, but I don't think that will hold. I expect it to be Baisley on DraftKings as well. But SGA and Baisley are two of my top 10, and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, it is definitely SGA for me on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it is Baisley. Denver Nuggets, San Antonio Spurs, uh, Spurs four-point dogs at home, 223 total. The Denver side, no one in over 10% ownership on FanDuel. Uh, Jokic at 18%. Will Barton at 19% on on DraftKings. No P.J. Dozier. Um, I guess that's kind of pushing up the Will Barton ownership. I mean, I think Jamal Murray and Jokic look okay. Gary Harris for 4K on FanDuel is a guy that I'll get and hate myself for, but... I don't really see Denver as a particularly interesting fantasy destination. Am I missing anything here? So Michael Porter Jr. I think is going a little bit overlooked on this slate. Uh, if you, if we look at his playing time since coming back, he was restricted at first, uh, but he played 35 minutes in one game. And then the last two games, 28 minutes and 25. So there's a little bit of variance to his playing time, but just that we've seen him play that well over 30 minutes. I think he's a good GPP play on this slate. I mean, he's the type of guy that I want to get to. He's 5% owned on FanDuel and 4% owned on DraftKings. That's a great guy to take a flyer on in a, like a large field GPP. So I'm with you there. I gave him 28 minutes, but obviously the potential could be 30, 32, 34. He's one of the few guys on this slate that I think has like really big error bars for how it could shake out. So I'm with you there. He doesn't grade out in like median projections all that well, but I think he's very different as a GPP play. 
Yeah, it, it's really for the, and I'll be curious to see like how it rates out in like Alex's boom bust tool because I think the the upside for him is substantial. I also think the floor for him is low, but considering what the ownership is, if we find out that you know Michael Porter Jr. scores forty fantasy points today, that would not surprise me in the least. No, not at all. I'm, I'm totally with you there. I have him with a two and a half percent chance on FanDuel to hit what I call boom, which is three and a half x plus twenty two. So we're talking like. I don't know, close to 50, um, 40, 40 something. So yeah, that sounds about right to me. San Antonio side, Keldon Johnson at 17% ownership on FanDuel. Murray and DeRozan, both north of 20 on DK, where DeJounte Murray is 6,100. He's 7,500 on FanDuel if you're looking for a comparison point. Uh, Murray is, DeJounte Murray on DraftKings is the best play in this game as far as I'm concerned. That price tag is just not where it should be. Um I guess I like a little bit of San Antonio. It's mostly just those main starting five guys, but I see them all as like 10 percenters outside of Murray. I'm not excited to get San Antonio, but I think they look like good lineup filler. Yeah, Murray in the initial run I did, he's one of my uh, most owned players on DraftKings. Didn't get to him on FanDuel because he's 7,500 versus 6,100 on DK. That's one of the bigger price discrepancies on the slate. Uh, so totally agree with you on Murray. I'm not really sure why it is that his price keeps going down on DraftKings. Even the other day, he he had a triple-double and scored 46 fantasy points. They're just like, all right, time to lower his price after that. So there's just weird things that pricing algorithms do sometimes. There's there's no reason that Murray's price should have gone down. He scored over 30 fantasy points in, let's see, seven of his last eight games. So there's no reason his price should have gone all the way down to 6,100. No, it's it's just comical. Uh, he'll he'll be a cash game play on DraftKings for sure. Can't really avoid it. Um, I usually get to some Keldon Johnson. I don't know if I want to get there if he's the most owned guy on FanDuel. Uh, little bits of Dejounte Murray, little bits of Lamarcus Aldridge will probably happen, but these guys are just filler. I assume I see a lot of like one spur in my lineup lineups, but it's going to be just a mixed bag of who it ends up being. Yeah, there's nobody other than Murray on DraftKings that stands out to me from San Antonio. Keldon Johnson, I haven't really been all that interested in him lately. The price to me is about fair. And if you look at his his box scores over the last couple of weeks, it's a lot of games where he's been, you know, like around 20 fantasy points to around 30. There, there hasn't been there hasn't been any kind of really slate breaking performance from him other than games where they've had injuries. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. on FanDuel and DeJounte Murray on DraftKings. Jamal Murray on FanDuel, since he's permanently in that answer, and DeJounte Murray on DraftKings. Final game, the late-night hammer, Dallas at Utah. Utah Jazz, four-and-a-half-point favorites. We're waiting on news to see if Donovan Mitchell is in. I have him in for right now. We shall see. I assume that's something we'll know pretty early. That's not the type of like game-time decision. He's either out of the concussion pro- protocol or he's not. I don't think that that's going to be news we get at 9 o'clock at night, but who knows. On the Dallas side, you know, with everybody back right now, Porzingis is at 13% ownership on FanDuel. Luka's at 11% on DraftKings. They're the only two guys that I think are rosterable on either site. And I'm not even sure that I want too much of either. Although Chris Dapps for 7,500 on FanDuel does stand out. Dallas is pretty much off the table for me. Yeah, not a good matchup. The other thing too, Utah has been a world beater. They haven't lost the game since January 6th. Their defense has looked really good this year. Rudy Gobert has been crushing everybody. This is another game. We just saw this matchup and Dallas really struggled in it. Uh, So I think that especially given the price of Luka right now, there's, there's other guys I'd rather get to. 
Yeah, we're, we are on the exact same page. Again, if you end up with Luka, you don't ever try to correct your lineup for it, but I just don't think that he's going to pop today. No, I think that also, at least the way the slate sets up as of now, and this always ends up changing on slates this size, there isn't a ton of value right now. So, mm-hmm. it, And there is a lot of guys, like we talked about, at least on DraftKings, there's you know, the DeJounte Murray. And then if you look at FanDuel and DraftKings, there's Kyle Lowry. So there's a lot of really strong pr- uh, players priced in that mid-range. That that's kind of where I, I'm looking to build lineups, at least as of now. Do you have any interest in Utah if Donovan Mitchell plays? Uh, I have interest in uh, Rudy Gobert on really on both sites, but primarily on DraftKings. He's been too cheap on DK for a while now. Rudy Gobert now at 7,500 on DK, so it's gone up a little bit. But I mean, you look at Rudy Gobert as of late; he's had some monster games. His playing time has gone up a little bit. Uh, last game against Dallas, he played 37 minutes. So if, if we're going to see extended playing time like that from Gobert again, the 7,500 price tag isn't enough. Yeah. I, if Mitchell is in, I don't get the sense that I have any real shares of anything coming out of Utah. This game is, uh, this this hammer is made out of like cotton as far as I'm concerned. I will not have a late night hammer tonight. Favorite play, FanDuel, DraftKings, and then we out. Um, I was going to say one other thing. If Mitchell's out, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, both good plays. Do you feel anything differently? No, not really. If if Mitchell ends up out, they'll be fine plays. I don't think that they're too crazy. Like the prices are already, you know, Jordan Clarkson's already sixty four hundred on DK. You're not, we're not squeezing too much value out. Ingles for forty seven hundred on DraftKings is probably the key piece. Yeah, I would be more interested in Clarkson. I think he's fifty eight hundred on Fanduel. Yeah. That that would be a little bit too cheap if uh, if Mitchell doesn't play. Hopefully, he just plays, and that just makes it a, a little bit easier here. Uh, favorite plays? Um, I don't really like anybody on Dallas uh, overall. Um, I guess it's just Rudy Gobert on both sides. Porzingis on Fanduel, Luca on DraftKings, but that's not really a ringing endorsement. But that is it. Do you have any final thoughts for the slate before we get out of here? No, not at all. Uh, pay attention to the news. Follow us on Twitter at AwesomeONBA because there's going to be news. It's a 10-game slate. If no news would basically be unheard of. It's going to come out yeah. at some point. And our guy, the news god, El Negro Loco DFS, he will be all on top of it, retweeting everything. So be up on all of the news. There we go, everybody. Hit the like button as you leave. 137 likes. Let's run that number north. Subscribe to the channel. And thank you. Good luck tonight, everybody. We'll have the deeper dive at 445, live before lock at 6. Have a good weekend. Uh, That's it for me for today. I'm done. So go watch the Contenders video. Keep your eyes peeled for the rest of our shows over the weekend. And uh, good luck. Adios, everybody.